Hello. Hi, Graham. Hello, Graham. Hello. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Graham. You all right? Yeah, very good. How are you? Very well. Very well, thank you. It's felt like ages, but it hasn't really, has it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good to see you again. Yeah, you too. How's it been? I bet you've been thrilled to be back out on the road, haven't you? Oh, it's been fantastic. I mean, we've done three gigs. We did a Heart Full of Songs gig. Um, I did a gig with the SAS band. I don't know if you know about them. A guy called Spike Edney, who's a keyboard player for Queen. He has a band oh. which is basically sort of session musicians, but they have guests. So I did a gig with him. Then we did a, a festival with 10CC. Um, I think it was two, I can't remember if it was two or three weeks ago, but anyway, it's fantastic. Yeah, that must yeah. have been a great yeah, It was thing. amazing. Great. The audience was, you know, everyone felt the same audience yeah. and the music oh. band alike. Yeah. Yeah. Where was that, Graham? It was in um, All Canning, which is near Devizes. It was called Rock for Cancer. It's a gig we've done a couple of times before. Mm -hmm. So it's a good cause and a fantastic gig. Well organised. I I read an article yesterday, Graham. Oh, what was it called? It was a really lovely interview with you. Uh, was it by Lucy Bolter? That's it. And and you're talking about being covered in sweat and was that the word? Yeah. Yeah, coming up. Yeah. I love the great feeling. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I bet. And it's funny because Paul and I stepped back into the, the gig scene last week as well. And it was, yeah. we were ever so nervous and, and it yeah. really rusty, but God, it was good. Yeah, I know. Amazing. It's like all that, what you've missed for a year and a half is suddenly all concentrated in that one, one event. It's yes. fantastic. I was actually in Manchester last week. Were you? Um, <laughs> It's Radio Manchester's 50th birthday. Oh, yeah. And I can see you're thrilled about that. And <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they're asking, they're asking various, um, they're asking various uh, Manc artists to perform, uh, to, do, to record a song with uh, the BBC Philharmonic. Oh, wow. Which I did at uh, Media City. Uh, last Friday, yeah, that was great. Was really enjoyed it. And what, oh, what, what, what did you choose to perform? Like about eighty musicians. I don't know exactly how many it was. Probably about eighty musicians. We oh. did a version of uh, Dreadlock Holiday. So wow. I'm not sure when that's coming out, but it'll be on my pla- social platform when it's. Oh, nice. Oh, was, that, was, that, was that like multiple artists on Dreadlock Holiday, or just you no, and the other people? Just, just me and the and the orchestra. Right. Uh, no, no other vocalists, but the arrangement was such that the instruments did all the harmonies, and it worked quite well. Wow! Oh. Yeah. They got the they got the chords right. I hope. I made sure they got the chords. <laughs> yeah, I thought you. <laughs> <laughs> was it something you did in Australia, Graham? I think Rick Fenn sent us some links, Paul. Do you remember wonderful orchestral <laughs> versions of? Oh, that was Night of the Proms. Night of the Proms. We've done that a couple of times. Yeah, we did one actually, well, it must have been about three years ago, but it won't be two years ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. um, Yeah, we did it in, yeah, we did a a few of those. And um, I've done one with with Ian Hornell about, it was actually the 2018, I remember that because we were in Trondheim for nine days, something I don't recommend. Okay. However, the, the actual the gigs were great, but I had a lot of time on my hands, and I was actually used that time to rehearse all this for the Ringo tour, which was upcoming. Mm. 
So it all worked out. Yeah. And on that very night I met the man Who was a major part Was at the very start Of where it all began yeah. uh, It's up to you, Graham. What, what you want to start with? Do you want to start with your album? Yeah, well, let's, yeah, let's, album. let's definitely yeah. talk about the album, yeah. Welcome back to the Consequences podcast with Paul McNulty and Sean McCreevy. Welcome back to the podcast once again, everybody, and we're delighted to have for the umpteenth time with us <laughs> Graham. Um, uh, well, he, he needs no introduction. Let's just say welcome, Graham. It's lovely to see you again. Thank you. Nice to see you. Hi, guys Graham. Again. Well, okay. Hello there. So, no words today. Brand new album recorded during lockdown and. Uh, I must admit, when I heard that, okay, you're bringing out a, a, an album, an instrumental album of some of your favourites, I was thinking, okay, that'll, for some of your favourite songs, that'll be nice. But actually, it's a sumptuous record, and, mm. and some of the tracks are uh, absolutely beautiful. And the playing of, of the, the slide, the, the dobro and the electric slide work is is absolutely stunning, and I've never heard anything like that from you before. So... Congratulations on a beautiful record. Thank you. Thank you. Very kind. I'm going to echo that completely, Paul. I think I absolutely love this record, and I I I wasn't expecting to. Graham, (laughs) I I really no, but simply because of you know, there's no lyrics, so I thought you know I'll I'll miss out on that. But actually, it's an incredibly enjoyable record, and dare I say it, Graham, and I mean this, um, I think it's your best sounding album since How Dare You. Wow. It's, I think it's wonderful. Wow, okay. <laughs> I'm not quite sure to say about that, yeah. other than to say thank you. <laughs> um, well, it was a labour of love, um, a labour that came out of boredom, <laughs> something that I'd... First of all, the main thing was, even though I've been and own, co-owned recording studios and spent my life in studios, I'm a bit of a technophobe. So actually having uh, to come face to face with my fear was, um, was quite something to overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's, I'm working with GarageBand um, as the, the, the platform for recording, um, I, I found it quite daunting. But I, once I got stuck into it, I, I got more and more confident with it. Um, but the recordings are done. They were done all quite simply. You know that that was the key to it. There's no masses of. There are some overdubs, but not not a lot. So there were. It wasn't demanding technically in the recording. So there was no tricks or anything. Mm. And, and I think that sort of benefited it. There's a kind of a naturalness, organic quality to the album. Um, and basically, my approach was just I've sort of gone on to the technical side of it, if that's okay. Yeah, please do. We want to hear that. Music, music was, to my was, ears. Was, it, it was quite simple. First of all, the roots of it, I chose the songs that I, I loved, and there are hundreds of them, but I, the ones I chose for this particular album had to suit being converted into instrumentals. That was really very, very important because not you might have the greatest song in the world, but just to hear the melody without the words won't necessarily work. So 
it had to work on that level. Also, because I was, well, in a way, I was kind of limited with what I could do uh, technically. Um, but that was an advantage in that I have got some very nice sounding instruments. Mm. I've got a very good mic and a very good monitoring system. So, and with with the recording, it was all pretty basic, but and and also it's quite minimal as well. So less is more. So sometimes you get a much bigger sound with less instruments. It sounds like a contradiction, but it mm. is truth. on suddenly all oh, everything gets sort of squashed in yeah. but if you leave air and space so uh, it's got to be played instruments got to be played properly as well but it was all really organic and the other thing i had in my mind was because I, there was no one to refer to except for one track which is people get ready which we could talk about separately because that is an exception to the other tracks um i was working completely on my own so if i'm say working with a, another Someone else, like if I'm working with Graham, please say, I'll have like three acoustics. I'll go, mm, I'm not sure about this. Which one do you think sounds best? I said, I will try that one. I'd go, yeah, that's good. I'd, I'd go, okay, we'll use that one. Fine. But of course, all the decision making was my own. In, you know, with every single aspect of what I did. So that I think gives it a different quality. I'm not saying it's better or worse, but I'm just saying there's a kind of maybe a, kind of purity of thought that gets into the into the record as well. I was just going to say then, we'll, we'll return to People Get Ready, which I think is absolutely stunning and the centrepiece of the record. Yeah. Um, but um, the other tracks, are you saying you could, they were co recorded completely by you, everything at home, is that right? Yes. Um, what about, what about the, the occasional keyboards and, and drums? Okay, so the keyboards, because I don't play keyboards. Yes. But I've got a thing, I can't remember what it's called. It's, uh, it's, a, it's like a, a pickup you put on a guitar, and it's right. a MIDI. It operates yes. a MIDI. A guitar synth. Ah. A guitar ah. synth, exactly. Yeah. And um, so I was able to play like vibes and the odd keyboard part, which are very, very basic yeah. if you listen to the no. But those vibes, yes. great. Those vibes are gorgeous. Everything's. I've got Garage Band, and I've also got um, Spitfire, which is kind of an orchestral. You know, I've got a yes. symphony orchestra that I can borrow. Yeah. Borrow. <laughs> wow. Um, but. Um, yeah, and those sounds were 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 absolutely fine. I'll well, say, I'll say. And what about the drums? That's Garage Band. <laughs> Fuck but me. It's, it's, <laughs> I use very very simple, uh, very simple. Um, you know, this, you've got this these different drummers, and you put in the tempo. So it's, it's yeah. something three four time or whatever the time signature is, and it knows when you're. When you've done, when you're changing to another section, it'll do a little drum fill. Really? It's like, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I didn't ask it to do it and it did it. It was like, and then I was going, <laughs> don't touch it. 
leave it alone. <laughs> Don't try wow. to do a fill that you might do because this sounds good enough, you know, sounds good to me. So um, That's amazing. Yeah, so so a, a perfect drummer, so stays uh, in time and doesn't fart. It's brilliant. <laughs> stays in time, doesn't fart. You'd have to make it a cup of tea or anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just, yeah. I, I won't say I, I could go on, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might get sued by the drum community there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How amazing. Uh, Graham, yeah, honestly. Actually, someone, someone said to me who, who, who was a drummer, that was a really big compliment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, yeah. was going to ask you, um, and I, I could see on the on the, the front cover, which is this lovely kind of uh, almost cryptic dip into your kind of uh, scribblings, there's somebody's yeah. name on there, Rick... Rick Hannon or something, or, or is that me just misreading your writing? Uh, Rick Hannon. Yeah, and it might. It's probably uh, just me um, not reading it properly. I, I don't know who that is, but okay. obviously those. What what happened was that the, the idea for the um, the cover, I thought would be nice to show because I had all these bits of paper. I'm sort of writing calls down, crossing this out, and if you're a, if you can read and write music, you probably go. Please don't. It's not A sharp. It should be B flat or whatever. You know. Yeah. But anyway, this is. But I ended up with this sort of pile of papers because I had to write the chords down because it's not something I would remember. Because like the the folks who live on the hill say, part mm. of that is the chords are quite complicated. So I needed to write it down. Yes. So I ended up with this pile of papers with these sort of chords and little notes and things. And I thought, well, that might not make a nice yeah. show that it, there are no words on there other than, you know, the, the, there are no lyrics on there, let me put it that way. Sure. So, I, I love the cover. Yeah. It's, it's um, yeah, it's a, a journey through wonderful chord progressions, isn't it? And yeah, course- yeah. And if, if, and if you were, if you're a guitarist or whatever, a musician, you might want to have a go at sort of deciphering it and maybe have a go at playing along. Playing along with me, yeah, and and then and then send send the whole bunch in an envelope off to Dave Jarvis. He'll want to, uh, <laughs> yes, he'll, he'll, yes, yes, exactly. Um, yeah, my my Rick Hannon, uh, Graham was just me me being stupid. It's on one of your track sheets, and and I think it just refers to your bass. To be honest, Rick oh. Rick Lead. Um, oh, okay. Maybe that's your Rick and Backer. I don't know. Well, it might be. I did use a Rick and Rick and Backer. Oh, I tell you what, it is. It's probably referring to Rick Fenn. Ah. Who, ah. who played on? Um, because I got all the boys in the band to play on. People get ready. Ah. Right. So that's well, probably it's probably him. Right. Well, well, well that is definitely him. Wonderful. We'll, we'll do we'll do a, a track by track. But let's can we start with people get ready, which is a fantastic version. Uh, I just want to ask about the introduction, uh, which is a kind of separate piece. Is that a written part? Because I, I, I'm looking at versions like the, from the Impressions onward, the original version, of course, by Curtis Mayfield's band. People get ready as a train of coming. You don't need no baggage. You just get on board. I wrote that. Mm. Yeah, I I thought so, and it really 
it leaves you hanging in a different space before you get into the body of the song. And I yeah, noticed you, well, you do that you do that quite a bit on the record, yeah. actually. Yeah, well, the thing is this. People Get Ready in particular is a, is a you know, it's a song I've, I've loved forever mm. for many reasons, but it just repeats itself. Mm-hmm. There's, there's just, the, just this one verse. And to do that as an instrumental, it would have been boring, I think. Mm. So I wrote this intro that kind of reintroduces itself and yes. it, it, it does it at the end as well. And then I got to the point after doing two verses where it felt like, well, I need, it, it, if I was writing the song, I would go, we need to put a bridge in here. But there was no bridge. Curtis Mayfield didn't write a bridge. So I took the liberty of putting a bridge in. But I didn't want to do anything that was imposing. So it's just basically two chords. Yes. Just so it, it, it's kind of like a, a kind of a bit of a, a rest period. But well, it's literally a bridge between one part and the other. Yeah. Yes. But it, I didn't yes. want it to be a big musical statement, just something like, very, very simple. So you could just sort of nod along to it basically till it went into the next key and, and did went into the last verse. Yeah, I, th- I think you're underselling yourself there slightly because the fact that it, you know, that piece is in a different key and then you reharmonize that connecting piece in a different key, it really brings the pa- when when you come back to the body of the song, it, it sort of increases the power, which of course yeah, is what yeah, I, I think it works really well, particularly yeah. the fact that it goes in from D, it goes it goes out of the bridge into the e, into E, so it's like yeah, a, ooh, yeah, yeah, yes, there's yes. a big lift, yeah, yeah, lift up, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. So can you tell us, Graeme, who, who plays on, on People Get Ready? Okay, so the opening um, guitar, acoustic guitar, is is me. Um, and I played bass on it as well. Keith Heyman played um, Hammond organ and vibes. Uh, Rick Fenn played the second verse guitars and the lead guitars over the over the bridge. Right. And a little bit as a, 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 and a little bit at the very very end. Right. So I, I played the first verse and on the acoustic and the last verse on electric, and Paul Burgess played drums. Wow, oh, fantastic! But it was obviously all done remotely. You know, everybody sent their parts in. Yeah, again, you'd you'd never it, knit, it knits together beautifully. I mean, it's a yeah. sort of uh, it's and, a, and also sorry, just while well, I remember, it no, was, go ahead. That was the only track that was mixed um, that I didn't mix. Graham Pleath mixed that track. Okay, okay. So well, you know, well, I work with a lot. Yes, but, sure. but it fits in, and the whole record just it feels like three or four guys in in a lovely wooden room. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You, you were saying, Graham, about that sense of space. There's real air here and you've told us many times actually that um the notes are not the important thing it's the space between the notes that's important well it's a space yes that's that that's a, that's true they're well they're both important obviously yes. but um to me I, I was more interested in the 
that it felt good rather than being very nitpicky, which I, I can be. But I was a bit more, some things, some little things I heard, it was like not quite together, but it felt right. So yeah. I was going more on the feeling rather than it being like technically perfect. Um, there's n- I hope there's nothing glaringly like a, a m- mistake or clunky, but there might be a few little things you go, oh, that, those two guitars aren't perfectly together. But there were two, there were two different takes, obviously. Yeah, uh, and I could have kept going and got it right, and, but I just went, you know, it sounds right, it sounds fine to me. Yeah. Had I been with someone else, they might have said, oh, you, but you should do that again. But I was going, I like the feel of this, even though there's a little flaw in it, but so it's okay. I, I'm Leave with, you, with yeah. you completely. It's it's so, so human. Uh, and uh, yeah. and I love the fact that you can fi- you can hear the 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 sound of strings, the, the, the fingers yes. on the strings, you know. <laughs> I know, and, yeah. And a lot there of was, producers was... would get rid of that, but I'm so glad no, you well, kept actually, those in. There was one track; it was so much that um, <laughs> we actually Graham did uh, treat it to get rid of <laughs> some of that noise. You can't get rid of it completely. No. And of course, mm. when we're listening to guitars playing, acoustic guitars in particular. We actually get used to that sound. It's part of the sound. If you took that out, you go, that's a weird sounding instrument. Yeah. You know, it's strange. It actually becomes part of the sound of the guitar. Yes. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> The slide work is amazing. I mean, is that some? I, I guess you must have played slide before and maybe played it on records, both acoustic and electric. Yeah, uh, um, I, 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 but I, there, there's quite a few slide things on um, uh, on um, on the Modesty Forbids album. That, that yes, that, there is actually, uh, isn't there? Mostly electric, and I mean, on um, standing next to me, actually, I played the acoustic uh, slide. Okay. But of course, yeah, there's much more on this album and it's playing lead lines yes. rather yeah. than uh, play, playing, you know, something behind the vocal or anything. Uh, but I got that guitar. Uh, it's a, a, a resonator uh, lap steel guitar and oh. um, fell in love with it. Wow. And hence, I, I, I put it on everything yes. now. <laughs> Hence just, resonator rock. It. Yes. Yeah, well, that's, no, that's a different, I'll tell you about that one. Oh, okay. okay. We come to that. That's a different instrument. Um, but they're both resonator guitars. But right. the, the, the lap steel one, I found, I don't know, something about playing it like on your lap rather than mm-hmm. in your arms. Mm-hmm. There's something about the control of it and the way you can do the vib with the slide. I found it very human. Sounding almost, almost like a voice. I was just going to say, yeah. it seems to be an authentic voice that takes takes the place of a vocal. I was amazed at how lyrical and sort of expressive yeah. those slide lines were. And uh, yeah, that, that's the thing about it. That's how that that's what what's so wonderful about it. I mean, yeah. I think that's why you know, you know, obviously, you know, Jeff Beck's playing. Mm. He quite often will play something, and it sounds like a human voice. And that, I think that's why we respond to it so much. Mm. 
because it has that that human quality to it. There are some really wonderful sounds, Graham. I'd, I'd love to hear more about your collection of instruments on this record because I think okay. they're, they're gorgeous sounding things. Um, there's one in particular that has, has been tying my head in knots. But first of all, if we start with Misty, the opening track, which yes. I've loved since uh, since you posted that video online a few months yes. ago. Gorgeous, gorgeous version. That, is that a lovely kind of hollow body uh, electric? Yeah. It's a De Angelico guitar. It's one of those big New York made, well, I don't know whether they're made in New York anymore, but anyway, they're very famous, you know, from the 40s and 50s when guitars were made like that to actually cut through an orchestra, you know, to be heard. Right. And um, I actually sort of fell in love with um, that sort of jazz guitar playing. Uh, and those sort of guitars through watching, um, I, when I was a kid, we used to watch the Perry Como show. Mm. And uh, he had a show every week. And there was one part in the show. So it was like a musical variety show. He'd have various guests on. But there was one section of the show where he would sing with the guitarist Joe Pass. And Joe Pass, a uh, fantastic jazz guitarist. Yes. And uh, it'd be just just Perry Como and Joe Pass. And so uh, Joe was playing these fantastic chords on this beautiful um, sunburst Gibson guitar. I don't know what exactly what it was. But anyway, there's, there's plenty of footage of Joe Pass. You should check mm, him out. Yeah. And uh, I, I sort of fell in love with him and his, his playing. So that was that. I've got another. I've got the, the D'Angelica. I've also got a very nice Gibson um, one seven five D. I think it is. I can't remember the actual the number of it, but it's also a really nice jazz guitar. So those two guitars were featured either doing the lead lines or or rhythm. And I also used a uh, Gibson three three five. Right. Uh, I use that a lot. No. One of my favourite guitars. It's certainly on, on Misty. I, I love the the kind. There's a very meaty, almost dirty sound uh, to the lower strings on it. That's just you can yeah. eat, you can eat it. It's wonderful. Yeah. Well, I, I would. One thing that I did, partly because of my um, not being wanting to keep things simple. Let's put yes. it that way. Was just to plug the guitar in direct without going in through any effects. Or, or an amp you know, or anything. Them, yeah, no amps. Because on GarageBand, there's loads of different types of guitar you can go in on. The only thing I did use on some of it was that there is a kind of a cool jazz 
setting, mm. which just made, adds quite a lot of bass and uh, really nice. But otherwise, I would just it was it's the sound natural sound of the guitar, mm. uh, but I, with a bit of reverb. Yeah, just a very simple reverb. The reverb that comes on the the sort of preamp that comes up when you plug into GarageBand. Yes, yes. I never I never went through loads of different reverbs. It was like it so it. I think it also helped to give the album a sort of consistency that it's the same reverb on everything. Yes. this at home right so your 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 space i guess isn't soundproofed um well it, it well it is actually okay um, and what i did it, it's quite a nice big room but rather than getting a professional you know acoustic engineer mm. i did what graham pleath does at his studio which was just hang curtains mm. all around the room but not all of it because i wanted to leave a little bit of with a little bit of liveness to it. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I have, if I wanted to, I could draw the curtains if I wanted a little bit of more ambience in the room. But actually, I never right. did. I've just got it and never, never moved anything. And that work was so worked really efficiently. Go to IKEA and get some cheap curtains, and that's that, <laughs> you're soundproof. Forget about anything else. That's what I would do anyway. Wonderful. Of course, the beauty of that is, as I say. You can alter it if you want by yes. drawing the curtains and, and you know revealing a hard the hard surface of the wall. Yes, and you you never had any extraneous noise uh, that caused you to redo a take or anything like that. No, no, I didn't actually. Um, no, I, I was quite lucky with that. I think you were, but anyway, I'm yeah. glad I'm glad yeah. you were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, brilliant. Tell us about. Um, about why you chose um, that lovely Paul McCartney tune, Graham. The one that actually reminds me of some of Lowell's playing, actually, particularly Old Wild Men. As I said, um, there's a sort of blurb that, you know, goes with the album that I chose songs, some of the songs I chose, because they're things I play sort of for my own amusement um, or my own pleasure. So um, Mother Nature's Son is, is one of those songs. It's, it's really sort of easy to play um, and it's just beautiful. I just love it. I've always loved it. Yeah. Um, I've heard a lot of different versions, but I just did it based on uh, what I've been playing since it came out, really. Uh, the only thing I, I changed is what I put harmony on it. Um, I yeah. took the liberty of, I took a few liberties actually, but uh, <laughs> that was one liberty. Of, I just felt because when it repeats itself, because it's just one instrument, I felt it needed, you know, another color in there just to make it more, a bit more, bit more. Not that the melody needs more interest, but just. Production-wise, it, it seemed the right thing to do. Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, Graham, 
Eric Magic Chord Baumgartner, you know, our friend friend of the podcast. Uh, he's been enjoying the, the album and I asked him to make some notes and he, he made tons of them, probably too many. And what he sort of, uh, one of the things he mentioned was that I think you reharmonized a chord somewhere in Mother Nature's Son. I don't know whether that was intentional or whether that's just sort of the way you play it. Uh, I, I don't have his notes in front of me, I'm afraid, but... Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, know, I know what he means. I know the chord yeah. he means. I, right. I actually, um, I put a, a six. That's it. Yes, that's what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we'll, we'll feed that back to Eric, who basically uh, passes on his regards and, and, like us, thinks the album is fantastic. Yes. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank him very much. <clears throat> the moment for me uh, where your choice of instrument really, really hits me like a sledgehammer in the most wonderful way is on the third track. It's the first time we hear a wonderful sound and I'm, I've been trying to, to pin it down, trying to identify the instrument. It sounds to me like um, uh, overdub mandolins but with nylon strings. Can you please, please tell me what that wonderful sound is? It's a, like a pad. Okay. A pad sound. It, 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 it is six mandolins. Wow. That's what I use for a pad because normally you might go to a keyboard or to do a like a big chord or something. Yes. Mm. But I don't, as I said, so being not being, being able to play keyboards and also I just like that sound. Mm. I, I just thought it was a lovely, lovely sound. Because we used um, the mandolins on um, on the Modesty Forbids album on Russian Doll, yes, um, and I use mandolin quite a lot. I really like it. Uh, um, it's a different, different. It's different. You know, I could have done it with guitars, but there's something mm. about when you hear all the, the 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 notes together all sort of crushed together that um, yes. it works really well. Yeah, I, I like that as well. It is, it is a really nice, uh, unexpected sound. Yes, it is, and it, and it gives it almost a, a Jewish quality, which, of course, we, we hear popping up a couple of times later in the album, don't we? Yes, yeah, you, yes. Um, it, it's kind of, to me, it's more, well, you might be, you say Jewish, but it might be kind of like Russian, yes. or it's certain Eastern European even though it's an Italian instrument. Yeah. I quite like that idea that <laughs> it's a kind of, one instrument can be used, gives you the, the flavour of another country. Yes, absolutely. Um, but, but yeah, and, and I use that, uh, that device a couple of times on the album. Yeah, it com mm. comes up really beautifully on Somewhere as well, doesn't it? Yes, it does, yeah, yeah. Somewhere is it, is that based on the the Matt Monroe version? Yeah. Yes. Uh, 
I mean, he, what, what a singer, one of the greatest yeah. British yeah. singers of all time. Well, of it course. has that, that, um, that lovely intro that uh, other versions don't have. And that's why for, I, I've always loved his version the best of, of anybody's um, mm. version. The orchestration by uh, Johnny Spence, I think, is the, did the arrangement. Right. And that was also, as I've said in the blurb to the album, one of the joys of delving into the learning the chords and figuring out even like, particularly on somewhere, for someone that's a musical nerd like we are, <laughs> yeah. there's a bass note that goes through the first four chords. I would never have thought of doing that in a billion years but it actually makes the thing. So you mean uh, you mean it doesn't change the basic? It doesn't notes. change. It's, it's fantastic. I, I, I love that when that happened. I found out yeah. a few things that like ways of playing chords, like on um, summertime. Mm -hmm. Those two chords are uh, ninths, right? Yeah. Minor mm -hmm. ninth chords. I would normally play a ninth with like a, a like a a little finger on top. A sort minor of thing. set, a minor shape with on the B string on the second fret. Yes. Right? Right. Yes. But on this, it's actually on the G string. The, the ninth, the ninth note, the, the note that makes it a ninth is on the yes. on the G string as so, opposed to the B string. So you've got to really stretch your finger up, Graham. Is that what you'd have to do? Uh, well, to do I that? use I use my thumb, so yeah. Ah, uh, right, okay. Uh, that that helps, but it's so so because it, it it's a different inversion of the chord. It gives it a different feel. Yes, and I imagine it. The notes would be more kind of squelched together, wouldn't they, and kind of sound thicker, I suppose. Yeah, all the notes are there, but and it's also the ninth is lower yeah. than it would normally be if you played it like a, a um, an E minor shape with your the little finger on the C sharp. Yes. So you mean it's, it's, yes? Yeah, it's not at the top of the chord; it's kind of hidden it's, away almost it's in the amongst middle. the other notes. Yeah, it's yeah. In the, so it's, it's in the middle of the chord rather than the top. Correct. Oh, yeah, how interesting. And that makes that makes a lot of difference. Did you f figure that out, Graham, yourself, kind of playing and replaying the original? Yeah, because I heard it. I was paying a lot of attention to what what the musicians were playing on the records, right. and that's <laughs> where uh, on on the on the Louis Armstrong um, Ella Fitzgerald version that I based mine on. That's where it came because I was playing it as a. I knew it was a nine. I was playing. It, I thought it doesn't sound. It's not as dark as it sounds mm. on the record. And I thought, oh, ah, mm. that might be good to try. And there it was. <laughs> How interesting. That wonderful. Yeah. And certainly it, it's... The whole record is is a chord lover's dream, isn't it? I mean, the and the, yeah. and the I'm looking at the cover right now, and I and I'm getting quite excited looking at uh, you know the, <laughs> Actually, the, the slash chord. It's amazing. Can I just say something else? Yeah. I started to look on 
on YouTube uh, for other people's versions of, because there were some chords that were a mystery to me uh, on um, Summertime, because mm. it's not straightforward. You know, you, there are so many different versions, but I actually saw someone playing that chord. Uh, and I, okay. I, 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 that, that's what happened. I saw someone did a version and played that chord, and I thought, that's what it is, that's what it is. So I didn't, it was, I misspoke. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't find it myself. Someone else did, and I nicked it. Right, brilliant. right. Well, whoever he or <laughs> she, she is, we, we, we thank them. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't familiar, I, I confess, with uh, the folks who live on the hill. Um, oh, really? Oh, I, I know, I know, I know it, it's shameful. What a treat. I know, it, what a beautiful thing. And I've listened to a few versions this morning, Graham, uh, including Peggy Lee. But, but yeah. for me, the Stan Getz. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, it's the most I know beautiful. The Mel Tor- there's Mel Torme, uh, I think there's a Sinatra version. There's loads of versions. Right. Um, but for me, the Peggy Lee, the intro, uh, the melancholiness of it, the uh, I, I get every time I listen to it, it does me in. Yeah. Basically. It's it, a it is. gorgeous piece of music. It is you are, you're kind of in your head hearing the lyrics about the passage of time and uh, yeah. you know so so it, it's always there it's sort of a, re- a reflection if you like just just for the record written by Jerome Kern and Oscar Hammerstein uh, written in 1937 and Bing Crosby did it then but Peggy Lee did it 20 years later and I guess hers is known as the definitive version really I think that for me that's a definitive version but there are other very good versions, as there are of all of them. But I I went with that because no other version has this... Yes. This intro. I I love that. I I haven't heard that in other versions. It's funny how that... Okay, so that's an intro that you didn't write, but it kind of... it, It fits the theme where other songs, where you're providing a bit of a framework for the... For the songs, you know, yeah. whether the in, the intros you did write, for example, uh, yeah. for these ones, it's, it's quite interesting uh, that that comparison there. Um, yeah. yeah, Frank Frank Sinatra did a version of this as well. Yeah, I there's, think. There's, there's millions of them, but um, 
as I said, or we've, you know, her, hers is the definitive one for me. Yeah, absolutely. I heard, Paul, that Frank Sinatra conducted her in the studio for the vocal. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That is it. Yes, I, I read that so, same you know, thing. He, must have, he, he obviously must have loved the song as well. It's like, if you want, I, I'm going to want to be involved in this somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you yeah, what, yeah. I'm going to conduct my orchestra. <laughs> yeah. um, yes, yes, sir, Mr. Sinatra. Yeah, yeah, you, you, would, you, you, would say, you wouldn't say no, would you? Uh, no. But uh, Graham, do check out the Stan Getz version. Honestly, the sax plays the lead. Um, and honestly, it's to die for. Yeah, I don't know whether you've missed any. Let's go to uh, "Sunrise Sunset," which is which is a song I've I've loved for a long time. Yeah, and this is another one where the the lyric just kind of knocks you over as a parent. You know that what's the lyric? Is this the little girl I, I carry? Is this yeah. the, li- the little boy at play? And you're hearing that in your head when you hear just the melody. It's it's uh, when did they so, grow to be so tall? Yeah, I don't remember growing older. Uh, I can't remember how it goes yeah, now. It's but, like but it's, um, yeah, a beautiful song. Um, and what I tried to do on that, I used the original Soundcast recording uh, with from Tom the Bob film, yeah, singing. Yeah. So on that, the first lines are sung by Topo, and the second mm-hmm. lines are sung by I can't remember the name of the actress, by his wife. Mm-hmm. So that's why I used two different instruments in two different octaves. So ah. I was trying to. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you might not have been aware of it, but now you know it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, emulate the man's voice and then the, the female voice, which is an octave higher. Wonderful. Is this the little girl I carried? Is this the little boy at play? I don't remember growing older. When did Lovely rewatching that the scene from the film, Graham, the the wedding scene, I think, yes. where the daughter's being given away, and um, Paul, it's going back to what you were saying, just about how poignant this is, um, <clears throat> and your arrangement, Graham, is just phenomenal. Um, well, that's to say, I did, I, you know, I, I pretty much copied the arrangement that's on the on the record, uh, because what, what's what's there to fix, you know, what, <laughs> you know, it's like it's it's great, perfect. Yes. I think I changed the the very very end of it. I made it more final. Uh, I, I think on the I can't remember now, but anyway, I do know I did, I did change the end. But it's it's I think it, it's sympathetic to the uh, to the rest of the um, of the track. Absolutely, and it, it it segues beautifully, I think, into um, your genuinely uh, Jewish uh, song. Uh, 
Hatikva, is that how we, how we say <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah, both of them have an extremely Jewish flavour, obviously, don't yes. they? For obvious reasons. Yes, yes. Um, well, that... there were, there were, I mean, actually, quite a lot of the, uh, by coincidence, uh, quite a lot of the, the tracks on this album have Jewish writers. Yes. Um, but yeah. that's by coincidence, or, or maybe not. Maybe subconsciously I'm drawn to them because of, my Jewish roots. Yes. It's hard to, it's hard to say. Mm. But of course, yeah. a lot of the great songs are written by Jews anyway. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they, what can we do? You yeah. know? <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, ironically, the, the Israeli national anthem I was reading, Graham, uh, might have been written either by an Italian or, or a Romanian. Uh, yes, a Romanian. That's what I've, I looked at. I did some research on yeah. it. Um, so it was a poem and then the tune was put to it. Yes. But it's just such a a lovely melody. It's very it's simple to play on the guitar, and it's very mm. short as well. It, mm. it just does the, the verse, the goes to the, like a bridge, back to the verse, that's it. And I thought about extending it, and then, but like, why? <laughs> you know, it, we don't need to. You know, there's no law that says, you know, we listen to records like, um, you know, from the late fifties or early sixties, or Everly Brothers records, like under two minutes or yes. Buddy Holly. You know, they've said everything. Now, what's the point? We don't need to do it again. You've got yes. it right. So it's uh, same with that. It's it's when everything you feel has been, you've done it. So move on. <laughs> absolutely. And, and the national anthem only has one verse, anyway, doesn't it, Graham? Am I think I right so. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice to play on the on the guitar. I did add a couple of. I was hearing, you know, it works. First of all, it works as if you just sing it without without any music, without any chords yes. to reference it. Mm -hmm. But um, I did add a few chords that weren't in any of the versions that I heard. Mm. Um, I mean, there's a Streisand version that's really nice. Mm. With a ah. with an orchestra, it's fantastic. Was that on Yentl? Uh, was that from the film? No, I don't think it's in Yentl. Right. I don't know. I can't swear to it. I don't think it is. But okay. that, there is a version that she does that's right. right. But I, I love the simplicity of it, Graham. I love the fact that, it, to my ears, it's just two acoustic guitars. It's actually one acoustic guitar and there's a mandolin picking out the melody. Just right. I, I just wanted it just to... Not to feature, but just to like be there, just to highlight the the, the, the tune. Yeah, yeah, it works a uh, treat. Right, thank you. Uh, and the, the great thing about that ending is you 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 go to the Picardy third at the end, where you make the third of the note major. Yes, uh, I don't because know whether it's... that was intentional. Um, yes, I'm... because it's not on any of the other versions that I heard, that I know of. Okay, um, but I wanted it to be. It's such a melancholy uh, melody. I wanted it to end on a note of optimism. Mm. 
Mm. I understand that thematically, but musically, that is, of course, that's the Graham Goldman songwriting experience uh, in microcosm almost, you know, the tension yeah, between yeah, the, the minor and the major. And the major. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which yeah. Uh, I owe to Mr. McCartney, of course. Well, uh, yeah, and others, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, in fact, that that song there, although it's not, you know, the musical material isn't related, they do exactly the same ending on And I Love Her, of course, which which does yeah, exactly the same yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, thank you for reminding me of that. That's true, <laughs> it? And it has the same, it does it in the same sort of way, I think. It does, just that yeah. one ding, that one little yeah. chord at the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And Graham, tell us about um, your only self, self-composed self uh, song uh, on the album, the final track, Resonator Rock, which I think is, sounds to me like a country and Western standard in a way. There's something, <laughs> yeah. there's something beautifully familiar sounding about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's, if I modestly would normally forbid me from saying <laughs> what I about to say, but um, I, I agree with you. There is some, and that, I think that's the, actually the, Sort of the mark of something good when you think you've well, heard it before, it, but you don't actually. But it's it's somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. There are certain songs or melodies that have that quality. But the reason that song came about was that um, I, I had a, a birthday um, in May, and um, Ariella, my wife, bought me a, a resonator guitar. Mm. It's a very brave thing to do, but. Um, <laughs> I fell in love with the instrument. It, first of all, it, 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 it sounds great, but it absolutely looks looks gorgeous as well. It's all silver and it's embossed on the front and the back. Wow. And this sound, you know, quite often you pick up an instrument and the sound of it actually inspires you to write something. Mm. And I just picked it up and I, I wrote that in like, I don't know, minutes. It was so, it was just like stream of consciousness, just bang. And I thought... I'm going to in, allow myself to have one track on the album that uh, was self-penned. So really, it was I owe it to uh, Ariella for, for buying me that. Um, a very brave thing to do, I have to say. <laughs> she did have to uh, help from a couple of friends of mine, I have to say. But it was, uh, it's great. And I, and I keep it out in the in the studio, so I, I can always see it. It's, it's a Fabulous. lovely looking thing. Fabulous. There's an instrument on that track that sounds a bit like a banjo, Graham. That's what it is. It does yeah. have a banjo-ish quality to it, yeah. So it's different from the lap steel, but mm. it's the same sort of principle in in the way that the sound is projected through this sort of, it has a sort a of metal. membrane yeah. in the body of the guitar that gives it this quality. But it is, it is kind of banjo-like, and maybe it's because of the, its banjo-ness that, um, that I, I felt you know, like writing something that had this sort of country, yeah. bluesy feel, and and of course, and I used the the, the other guitar, the lap steel, with it as well because it they go so well together. I'm 
I'm um, gobsmacked, Graham, by your, your generosity and basically donating this record to such a good cause. Can you talk? Yeah. Can you talk us through your your reasoning there? Um, well, I, when I was talking to Andrew Campbell at um, Low Drinks about it, and it was actually his idea because I never thought about it as a, a money making thing anyway myself because. I thought there, there might be have a, a limited uh, uh, appeal, but um, Andrew suggested it, and I thought right away this is a great idea because um, on what better cause it, for me? I mean, there are many great causes, obviously, mm. but as it was a musical project, that it should benefit um, musicians that have been affected by the pandemic. Yeah, and and you know, the, the you know musicians have been affected. You know, as as badly as as anybody, um, and anybody in the entertainment or theatre, whatever um, entertainment business. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope it makes them lots of money. Good and, on and you, just Graham. Tell, and ju- just tell us, Graham, if you will, how people can get get hold of this album. Um, um, but it's on Bandcamp. Bandcamp. If they go to the Bandcamp website and put in no words today or Graham Goldman, it'll come up. Yes, and, and you can and make a donation. And it's you good. Can, yeah, you can, yeah, you pay what you what you want. Uh, and the other nice thing on it that I noticed when I went onto the site, you can send it to somebody else as a gift, very easily, oh, which is nice. a really nice uh, thing that you can do. But That's you good, just yeah. pay what you want. Yeah, and it's dead easy to sign up to Bandcamp because I did it myself. Yeah, just, I, I, uh, in order did to it, buy the album. Did it in minutes as well. And uh, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, good. For those of you who've not who've not heard this thing, honestly, it is just as gorgeous as as Paul and I are saying. For me, Graham, it it it's, sits very nicely alongside my my Miles Davis or my my Brubeck or my my early George Benson. Wow. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I'm saying... You it, are. Yes, all right, I am. But I mean it. I bloody mean it. It, it, is, it is lovely. And I've played it more than any of your solo albums before. Wow. Okay. And... and which which has surprised me, but it, honestly, yeah. it, it's given me yes. an awful lot of pleasure, and um, it works really well in the sunshine out in your garden as well. Oh, that's that's great. I mean, Goes well with the, wine. The thing is, that, the thing <laughs> is this, because uh, probably people don't know. I mean, people will probably know me, particularly through Ten CC. They think I'm the, I'm the bass player, but actually, I, <laughs> I've always said it. Ad nauseum. I'm a guitarist. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I happen to play bass as well. Yeah. So, so this gives me a chance to. And I've been, I've worked with like fantastic guitarists, um, but um, I have my own thing, and uh, you know I'm I'm very pleased to be able to uh, to show what I can what what I can do. Um, I, I I love doing it. It was a, it was a labour of love, as I've said, and it 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 worked on many many levels uh, and gave me you know um something that i loved doing during a time when i wasn't able to do you know live gigs or you know work, work with anybody else at, at one period at, at, at all so here, here. i'm very happy here here and we're, we're grateful to lockdown that it gave us this game <laughs> yeah. thank you so much and yes. uh, um yeah wonderful to see you again and uh, th- yeah. thank you Okay, thank you.
You've been listening to The Consequences podcast, produced by Paul McNulty and Sean McCreevy. Thanks for listening.